Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the tech sideline high-tech studios in Blacksburg, Virginia, it's Tuesday, February 13th, 2024, and this is TSL Today. We hope you enjoy our audio format of TSL Today as we focus on a quick and easy news update on everything Hokie sports for your commute home. I'm your host, Carter Hill, and today we'll sit down with managing editor David Cunningham to talk all things tech men's and women's hoops, including the state of the men's program as a whole, the women's recent success, and the overall outlook the rest of the way. That's all coming up next on TSL Today. This episode of TSL Today is brought to you by the Hokie Way. The Hokie Way supports student-athletes in leveraging their name, image, and likeness to amplify the mission of charitable organizations as a way to give back to the community. Your contributions to the Hokie Way support Hokies NIL are tax deductibles. Visit thehokieway.org to learn more. All right, now let's bring in our managing editor, David Cunningham, to talk all things tech men's and women's basketball. And and David, unfortunately, we're going to start with the men. And I only did this because they they played first this past weekend. They're playing tonight against Florida State, coming off of that 74-66 to loss to Notre Dame over the weekend. And instead of really talking about that one and previewing Florida State, I thought it was a good time to really talk big picture. And so I want to pose this question to you. What is the current state? of Virginia Tech men's basketball. How do you want me to answer that? Mm. Open-ended. It's up to you. Yeah. How um, this year has gone, the future. Yeah, I think Virginia Tech is in a pretty good place. Um, I think it's an okay place. The toughest part for Mike Young has been retaining talent. He has, I think, for the most part, hit the nail on the head for transfer portal acquisitions. Uh, I would say two of the three this year have panned out. I think Makai Long being injured, not really providing anything offensively when he be, when he's been healthy, has not helped. But I think Tyler Nickel will be a great player for Virginia Tech. I think Robbie Barron has been really good for Virginia Tech for a lot of the year. Um, I think Grant Bazilli, Kevin Luma, Storm Murphy, Justin Mutz. Mike Young has shown in the past that he has been able to hit the nail on the head with transfer portal kids. He's going to have to do that this offseason. Hunter Couture is gone. Robbie Barron and Makai Long are gone. You're going to have to probably get two starting guards and at least one starting front court player. Yeah. If not two, depending on what Lynn Kidd and Melanjo Petit do, because they both have the opportunity to come back for another year. Again, it all it's it's roster management and everybody wants to bring up the whole Rodney Rice situation. When I talked to Mike Young about that, we talked about it at ACC Media Day, and I talked to him about it at, at some point somewhere else. He he said he wasn't really not that he was surprised or he wasn't like surprised or anything about it. It was kind of just like. 
it happened and and he's been coaching for 30 years and he's used to kids you know making you know wanting to do something else and it was a combination of factors and it it was terrible timing <clears throat> yeah and and that put virginia tech in, in in a way behind the eight ball because tech had tech went from not having backcourt depth last year to having more backcourt depth this year to not having any backcourt depth. Combine that with Brandon Recksteiner being injured, being, you know, getting poked in the eye and then being sick. Like, you know, Brandon Recksteiner's barely played. He's probably barely had a chance to develop. Uh, you look at, you look at the freshmen who are still here from the last two classes. The only freshman, not counting this year's class, because Jaden Young hasn't, he and Brandon Rexner both played the other day, but, um, and I think young Jaden Young can be a good player, but again, he's young, he's raw. Um, I think MJ Collins and Sean Padula being the only two guys from the last two recruiting classes that are playing and making an impact, that's a problem. And you can look across the board. Sean Padula came in with Jalen Haynes. He transferred out and went somewhere else. Rodney Rice, Darren Buchanan are two of the other three guys in that class. They both tra transferred out or are going to transfer out. Patrick Wessler is still a work in progress. Uh, very curious to see how he pans out, but he hasn't, you know, he redshirted last year and he, he's barely played this year. Um, so Mike Young's in a tough position where. He, yes, he's hit in the transfer portal, but he hasn't hit on the recruiting trail. And he's got Ryan Jones coming in. I think that's that's going to be good. But again, remember, he hasn't been able to to bring in he hasn't been able to bring in recruits and have them play immediately. That's just not really how that's how this thing has gone. The only freshman who's really contributed a lot in the last couple of years was Sean Padula as a freshman. Uh, so. It's a it's a complicated situation. I know people don't like the results, but that does not mean Mike Young is not a good coach and does not have a control on this thing. I think you're you're seeing a team that is does not have many options. I thought Techgate got Hunter Couture the ball really well in a lot of really good areas, and he missed a bunch of shots the other day. But those are the types of looks Tech needs. Champadula has to play better. Virginia Tech has to retain Champadula. Champadula has to come back next year. I, I know people might not be happy with that, but if not, you don't have a point guard for next year. Yeah. Brendan Recksteiner, yes, he can play point guard, but he's not an ACC caliber point guard. Champadula, even though people might not want to admit it, is an ACC caliber point guard. He, he is a good point guard. The problem is he has the ball in his hands too. It's a, so it's a combination of factors. Like Tech not having enough backcourt depth means that Champadula and Hunter Couture have to play 30-plus minutes a game, 35-plus minutes a game. MJ Collins, you have to get contributions from him. Tyler Nickel, you have to get contributions from him. Tyler Nickel scored nine in the first half at Notre Dame, and then I'm not, I don't want to pick on him. I just want to use this as an example, but he didn't score in the second half. Right. You have to get contributions from everybody. The margins are so thin. Tech does not have a, a Justin Mutz where you know he's going to give you X per game. 
right? Lynn Kidd. He had three points at Notre Dame. He's a starting center. You cannot have games like that. I understand that they might happen, but the problem is that over the last couple of weeks, Tech has the highs have been high and everybody's been on at the same time, and the lows have been low. Like Notre Dame, everybody's been low at the same time. Everybody's been off at the same time. And I, I think everybody just needs a little recalibration. And transfer portal guys are going to have to come in and play big roles. I think they've done well on the recruiting trail. Um, it's hard when you're Virginia Tech recruiting in basketball to get really talented kids. Mike Young's had a couple talented kids, and they've decided to go elsewhere. Darius Maddox, yeah, Rodney Rice, Darren Buchanan. You can even think back to Joe Bamisil, right? Like, like he has to do a better job of retaining those kids. Um. You know, I think maybe Justin Mutz coming back for another year maybe wasn't the best thing in hindsight. Yes, I, and I'm not saying this at, you know, that 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 was a bad thing. But, like, is, if Mutz doesn't come back, maybe Darren Buchanan probably plays more and decides not to transfer, right? It's, a, it's all a game. It's all managing a roster. Tech, I think Tech is doing okay in NIL, but NIL could probably be better. Yeah. It's... It's a whole slew of things. I think I think Mike Young has done a really good coaching job this year, all things considered, with what he has. Because I don't think he honestly has that much. I think I think he's got a guy who's finding his role at the four. I think Poteet has played very well at the five and, and in some cases should be starting over Lynn Kidd because of how, how he's been more consistent. I think Hunter Couture has been Hunter Couture has been good, and Sean Petula has had the ball in his hands so many times that he's had to turn that he's turned the ball over, and that should tell you right there the position the program is in, that that they cannot get the ball out of Sean Petula's hands because they have nobody else. So like, it's a slew of a lot of different things, and I, I don't think like yes, a losing record is, you know, a losing record in ACC play. Close to a 500 record overall is not what you want, but this is not the like. Mike Young is going to he's they're going to figure it out. They 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 have a lot of work in front of them. They've got to hit the nail on the head. They got to be perfect almost. They've got to like their evaluation on Makai Long. Not to say anything bad about Makai Long, but they may have missed on that one. Yeah, I mean he hasn't been able to score when he's been healthy and, and, and now he's dealing with a knee injury and I don't know any really details about that. I don't know if it was something that was there before um, and they kind of brushed away or if it was something that just popped up, but you have to hit, you have to hit on everybody on the transfers and you got to hit on some of these recruits. Ryan Jones comes in. He has to have an impact. He has to like, you look again. You look back at these last couple classes. Rodney Rice needed to have an impact. Darren Buchanan needed to have an impact. When you lose all of these high school kids, and then you don't hit on all your transfers, this is the place you're in. And there's a lot of work in front of Tech, but I think I don't think there's any reason why they can't do it. It's like Tech has shown it can do really well in the portal before, so. But but the the problem is you got to get him in, you got to get him acclimated, and you've got to get him going. And you can't 
you know, you have to hit your stride before February. That yeah. that's the like you can't wait until mid ACC play when you're sitting at two and five in the league to pick it up. You you gotta get off to a strong start. So I don't know. I I think again. You you opened it up. I asked. I answered. I, long, yeah, long. I I definitely did. I opened it, it up. It's, it's it's a long, complicated thing. It's not just one thing. And people want to call for Mike Young's head. He's a good coach, and and he's not going anywhere. No. And and, uh, <clears throat> and people complaining about it's only going to make it worse. Only going to make their lives more miserable. And and again, I understand the frustration when they lose to a really really bad Notre Dame team. But at the same time, this is a coach that brought a school an ACC championship, and people are going to say, "Well, he he only you know they got hot for four days up in New York." Well, they had won like nine of eleven going yeah. into that. Yeah, they they had a stretch where they won thirteen of fifteen games, and there it just so happened that four of those games in there were at the ACC tournament, like. But let's not act like that was a very good team that finished like top 25 in, in analytics, Ken Palm. Like, let's not act like that was a bad team that just got hot, right? He, there, there is work to do. But I think also tech fans need to recalibrate their expectations a little bit. Do you, I don't think that going to an NCAA tournament every single year at Virginia Tech on the men's side is... A fair expectation. Maybe every other year or every three. Every single year is a lot. Look at the program's history. Look look at what Virginia Tech used to be. Seth Greenberg went to the program with the NCAA tournament. Now he got snubbed a couple times, but he went to the NCAA tournament one time in his like eight or nine years. Buzz Williams was in many ways an outlier rather than the norm in that he went three years in a row. I'm not saying that Mike Young is never going to get the program back to the NCAA tournament because I honestly think he can. But a lot of things have to go right. But there's no reason to throw the towel, you know, throw in the towel already and say, oh, the Mike Young era is over. Like, you know, they're bringing in a really, they're bringing in like the fifth best ever recruit in this year's class. Champadula, Hopefully he's going to come back for Virginia Tech because Tech needs him to come back. If Kit, you know Melanjo Poteet can come back, I think that would be huge. And Lynn Kidd, right? I think this this group has promise. The problem is that a lot of the guys, like I, I look at MJ Collins, and MJ Collins had to start last year as a freshman, and he was not supposed to start this year. And he he said to start the last two years when he wasn't supposed to, right? Like that is the the position Virginia Tech has been in. It it just it's a tough spot and and again it go it's a lot of different reasons. Roster management is a big one, big one. But I I don't think there's any reason why it can't be turned around, it can't be fixed. It's just going to be an uphill climb. I just think it's funny and I'm not picking on anybody, but I think it's funny when people talk about Mike Young and they say if those four days in Brooklyn didn't happen, what would your view on him be? Well, those four days did happen. You know, like we can't, if we're playing that game in the real world, we're, we're all in trouble. <laughs> you know, like you, you can't ignore that that did happen. To your point about Sean Padula, yes, I don't think people, I understand the frustration with the turnovers. 
But say he doesn't come back next year. I truly don't think people will understand what the Hokies are losing. Because on top of that, you mentioned all these pieces and all these places on the roster that Virginia Tech is going to have to replace. Well, now you're going to have to replace your point guard too? The one constant has been Sean Padula. Yeah. And you mentioned NIL, and that's a conversation for another day, but how much money is there to go around to bring in people? Yeah. So that, just a couple of things there. And the other thing too about, and not to go on this tangent, you mentioned Rodney Rice and player retention. Yes, I know that point is, is continually harped on. If Rodney Rice had left in the spring, you mentioned timing. I if think he had, You mean he, he had left when Mike Jones left? Correct. I think this is a completely different situation because Virginia Tech could have gone into the portal. And you mentioned player retention with Darius Maddox. I was talking with somebody the other day. I think a situation that people don't really talk about as much is do you think the Hokies would want the Nahim Aline leaving, bringing in Darius Maddox as your guy situation? It's funny because Virginia Tech fans ran off Nahim Aline. I don't know if Tech fans will will admit it or remember it. Be careful with Sean Padula too. Yeah, but, but... and this is a thing that goes for every fan base everywhere. I, I get it. Naheem Aline was not the shiny toy. Darius Maddox was after he hit that buzzer beater against Clemson. Naheem Aline had been consistent defensively. He had been hit or miss offensively. And people said, I don't want Naheem Aline playing at Virginia Tech. He's not good enough. Well, he was. He was consistent. He would be playing on this team alongside Hunter Couture right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that would be a very, very good defensive backcourt. And instead he's gone. And then Darius Maddox was kind of the next guy up. And I think Maddox was good, but he had his own things going on. And he's now at George Mason. And like that, like snap of fingers, all of a sudden Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech had a line of really good players there. And now there's not much talent. And that's why I say it's, it's kind of a whole slew of things because it's, it's not just one player leaving. Well, if Naheem Aline doesn't leave, well, maybe Darius Maddox does. But like, like every for every action, there is a reaction. And, you know, the Darius Maddox situation, MJ Collins had to play. Okay, th- something doesn't happen there with, with Darius Maddox. Maybe Darius Maddox is still here. But, like... It, it, I think, I think Tech fans are just expecting a little too much, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Mike Young is, 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 is in it, is not, should not be under fire or anything because this is not a team that's playing well. But like, I'm not saying that Mike. I, I think Mike Young can get Tech back to win basketball games and be a, and close to an NCAA tournament team. It just. You know, you throw all this stuff in. I mean, last year, like the, you know, to me, I interviewed Rodney Rice and wrote a story on him. I interviewed him in October, probably August. August, okay. End of August. Wrote at the beginning of September. Like, like, we did not find out the news about Rodney until we were already into the semester. ACC tip off, and. That was surprising to me because I sat down and talked with him, right? Okay, so what were what were the factors? Again, you can blame Mike Young. You can blame that situation. But, like, again, like you said, if that, that happens earlier, that happens over the summer, Virginia Tech probably has a chance to go out and get another guard to add to the backcourt. Yeah. 
And I, I would say Tech's been playing a little bit of a man down the whole year. So it's, again, a combination of a lot of different things. I'm, I'm not sure how the season's going to finish. They need to finish the season on a good note. Um, I'm not sure this is a team that's NIT-worthy. The analytics might say it is, but the, I, I think this this team has promise. If Sean Padula leaves, like a lot of it, it's going to be real bad because Texas already probably going to have to replace. Probably have have, have Texas already probably going to have to add three transfers at least. Yeah, you don't have to replace your starting point guard. No. You can't do that at a school like Virginia Tech in basketball. It's just, it, it's really an impossible ask. Florida State tonight, 9 p.m. on ESPNU. Let's flip to the women's side of things. And I mentioned it last week, but this is absolutely the, the brighter conversation. They've won seven in a row, beat Boston College on Sunday. That was a 74-63 to victory over the Eagles. And then last Thursday, down in Raleigh, 72-61 to over NC State. Offensive rebounding shooting from beyond the arc, you're getting consistency out of everybody. Those are kind of the major points. But beyond that, what's really been going right for Virginia Tech? Everything. I think everything's going right for Virginia Tech right now. I think Georgia Amor and Elizabeth Kitley, probably, I would argue, one of the best duos in the country. Um, I think everybody would, would say that. They're they're playing excellent basketball right now. Uh, their pick-and-roll game is is unreal. Matilda Eck and Kayla King in that in those in that game against Carolina, Matilda Eck was huge. She had eight season high eight rebounds. That game against NC State, both of them were big. They were a combined eight of twenty from three. They they've been a little hit or miss, but they've played well when they've needed to play well. They've hit shots when they've needed to hit shots. I, th- I think Olivia Sumiel has been the unsung hero, doing the dirty work on the boards. She's averaging like eight points. Or eight re- sorry, she's averaging about eight rebounds, I think, throughout the win streak, um, seven-game winning streak. Carly Wenzel, she's come off the bench and played really well. Clara Strack has been fantastic on the boards, uh, all, play, coming in, playing a little bit of the four, uh, and then also playing some of the five. She's been really good. Tech, like, Tech is getting contributions from the people it needs to get contributions from outside of Amor and Kitley. And I think Matilda and Kayla King have to be consistent or a little bit, a little bit more consistent at least or else tech season, you know, or else it might text tech might ebb and flow as they do. And you don't want that. Um, Cause tech's giving them good looks. They're just not necessarily going down at times. I look back at that Sunday game against Boston college, a lot of good looks, they were five of twenty-five. Right, you yeah. can't do that, you know. But but Kenny Brooks is like, we have confidence in them. And we want them to keep shooting, and um, they're good players, and they've they've proved that this year. And um, you know, but I think I think Virginia Tech is is killing it on the glass. Turnovers have been a little bit of an issue, but Tech has played really good defense. Tech's defense is underrated, amazingly. Um, Courtney Banghart says otherwise. Tech tech, 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 is, tech has been really good on the defensive end. And I mean, like, really, really good on the defensive end. Uh, and I think maybe not as good against Boston College, but still pretty good. I mean, Tech had a stretch of, like, five games there where it held its opponent below 40% or 38% shooting. Like, playing good defense, rebounding, getting the 50-50 balls, 
taking care of the basketball in a lot of aspects, um, you know, that could be better. But uh, this is a, a team that's playing really, really good, really, really good basketball right now, and they're fun to watch. And, and they're in prime position. I mean, they're they're top of the ACC right now. They're mm-hmm. they're the league leaders. The ball's in their court. They control their own destiny. At the same time, they're also in position to host. I mean, their latest bracketology as of Tuesday morning has them as a three seed. So they're they're in excellent position. Six straight games for Virginia Tech with more than ten offensive rebounds. That's crazy to think about. Yeah, in ACC play, this is. Um, uh, I ran some numbers uh, over the last couple of days about rebounding. This is the best rebounding team Virginia Tech has had since it joined the ACC. Um, I think the 2013-14 team was pretty good, and, and one of the other Kenny Brooks teams. 1819 or 1920, I think the one that had uh, Lydia Rivers and Taj Cole and Trinity Baptiste, along with freshman Elizabeth Kitley, um, they were really good as well. But this is by far the best, and I think you know Kitley averaging 12 a game helps. But Clara Strack and Olivia Samuel have been terrific on the boards, and Tech's also rebounding well from the guard spots. Georgia Amor is flying in there and grabbing rebounds. She's the smallest person on the floor. Shortest person. She's coming in and grabbing boards. Matilda at Kayla King. Like, everybody's doing their job. They understand how important that is. And I think that's really, really interesting because rebounding hasn't always been a big Kenny Brooks emphasis. But, like, Tech is killing it on the offensive glass. And I think that 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 lineup of Clara Strack and Elizabeth Kitley really takes that over the top. Yeah. I was talking with Razu Marani actually on the phone the other day, leaving NC State, who covers baseball for TSL. And we were talking about just the givens that this team has right now. And he had mentioned, like, I mean, you're getting 20 points a game from Georgia Amor, 25 and 15 a game, or something of that nature from Liz Kitley. You're getting four threes a game from Matilda Ack, three threes a game from Kayla King. You're getting 15 offensive rebounds a game. Clara Strax giving you 20 awesome minutes off the bench. Carly Wenzel's going to come in and knock down a three. Karis Baker's going to come in and knock down a three. That's a sign of a really good basketball team. That's what has made it really, really fun to watch for sure. I also, real briefly too, before we close it out, want to get your thoughts on Kenny Brooks's comments after the game on Sunday in the win over Boston College. For those who missed it, Nick Brown actually made a really good recap video yesterday on the Tech Sideline YouTube page. Kenny was talking about the harassment maybe is a good word to use on the floor. I would say brutality. Brutality on the floor that his girls are dealing with. And the example he used was, there were two of them. Liz Caitley, I think it was in the second half, was down low in the paint and got elbowed in the forehead. There was a common foul called, no review, no flagrant, and she had a big knot on her forehead. And John Fleming got some really good pictures too on sexedland.com. And then the second play he was talking about was in the final 30 seconds. Tech was up 11, was just going to dribble the ball out. BC was driving down, down low. Kayla King tripped, twisted her ankle. Tech was able to steal it away. There should have been a whistle to blow the play dead. And one of the one of the BC defenders ran over Kayla King. Kayla King was called for an offensive foul and fouled out of the game. Little bit, little bit brutal. But Kenny Brooks had some comments on both those situations. Yeah, I, I don't think the officiating has been particularly good across the ACC lately. You look at that. You look at Jeff Wall's comments after the Louisville game, where he said, it, you know, 
we don't need to get into it, but he said it was the worst call he had ever seen in his 29 years. Courtney Banghart was complaining about the end of the Duke-Carolina game. No. Seems like she's complaining very often lately. But, um, yeah, I think the officials have to do a better job of protecting the players. That's first and foremost. Um, Kayla King should not... Uh, they, they at least called a foul on the Kitley one. Yes, they did. Um, it, they... They probably should have reviewed it, and it should have been a should have been more than that, just a regular common foul. But the Kayla King one is ridiculous. She's on the on the floor, laying there like her holding her ankle, and and a you know Georgia Amor dribbles around her, and a Boston College player runs into her and trips over her, and they call a foul on her. Like that 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 is mismanagement by the officials like they have to control the game if you see a player down note it she should not have been called for a foul there that that is like what you should do is the minute that tech gets the rebound i understand that boston college is trying to foul but like call, blow the whistle dead just call an official timeout let her get off the floor like clearly she was not okay and and like she was like limping off the floor. Like just, just it's just bad. They've got to. It, the officials officiating has to get better across the ACC, across the country. Like it's it's disappointing we're dealing with this. But he also makes a good point. Like tall player, you know, bigger players, tall players specifically. I think Cam, Cameron Brink at Stanford got beat up a couple game, one or two games ago. Like really beat up. Where like it it's really tough because the bigger players sometimes play at more of a disadvantage because people can just elbow them and bump them and push them around. Now, I'm not saying there were like one or two, I think that Elizabeth Kelly might've gotten away with. Like there was one where she kind of elbowed, shouldered, kind of bumped a girl out of the way and they didn't call it. But like when somebody's getting elbowed in the head, like you got to call something. You just can't let it go. No, for sure. Five games left in the regular season. Great time to be a Virginia Tech Hokie. I know Duke at home this Thursday. You're going to Louisville on Sunday. What is coming up on Tech Sideline this week, both on the men's and the women's side? Yeah, I'll have the basketball Q&A out hopefully later today. Um, Women's basketball preview of Duke. I'll probably write up something brief on Louisville, too. It's a rematch of the ACC championship from last year. Men play tonight. I'll be at the men's game. Uh, the the women are are on fire, man. They're they're going to be really good. They've got a, a chance to do some real damage this week. They've got Duke, Louisville, off week next week before Carolina. Uh, that North Carolina game is going to be electric. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm excited. It's been fun. They've been they've been really fun to cover. Uh, I think they're in a really good spot. I think they can do a lot of damage and have a chance to. I was running the numbers. I think there's an opportunity for them to kind of maybe seal the ACC championship, ACC regular season championship in the second to last game against Notre Dame. Now they got to take care of business and other stuff has to happen. But, um, but the fact that I even can bring that up is says that they're in a really good spot. Just got to keep on chalking up W's David. Appreciate it. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks. We'll have a bunch of wrestling and baseball and softball stuff up. on. Cool. DSL Sounds too. good. Yeah. Great. week. baseball opens up the season this weekend down in Charlotte. So it should be a good time. That's David Cunningham. I'm Carter Hill. And that was your Tuesday installment of TSL today.